Hey, this is Ro. And this is Joe. Welcome to Untold Racism. Yes, the black and white of things. Whether you are podcasting or e-commerce and need a warehouse to store your goods, Room to Work has you covered. Offering virtual office and co-working space, a podcast studio, and a professional photo studio. Elevate your side hustle. Visit roomtowork.com. That's room, the number two, work.com. Well, today we're talking about Black History Month and our education system. We're going to talk about your thoughts on opting in or opting out. Do you agree, disagree? We have a special guest, Laura, today. So, um, Laura, did you want to tell us, introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Laura, and I am a mom of three little girls. Um, one is in kindergarten, one is in second grade, and one is only nine months old. So we ain't got to worry about her today. Okay. Also, I'm white. Just to <laughs> put it out there. I'm white, too. You're not alone. I'm not. <laughs> She's alone. <laughs> You're alone with all these white women. How do you feel? I'm cool. I I'm know. <laughs> you know, interestingly, uh, not to interrupt you guys, but this whole opting out of Black History Month thing is new in 2021. It is. Yes. It started in a school in Utah. I read about it. And my first thoughts was kind of, huh, they must be a bunch of racist people, white people in Utah who just don't want to talk about black people. And I remember you sent the text message to me and right. I was like, well, you know, since I'm in school and I have to learn to hear all sides, then, yep. you know, if if that's what they want to do, by all means. And then that's how me and Laura had the conversation she started talking about it, and then I mentioned it to her. But then our conversation opened my mind up with that article in mind, and I'm like, wow. So that's how we're here today. So um, did you want to give us a little history, history edify us on Black History Month? How sure, it started? And- sure. Uh, from the article, this is how February became Black History Month, uh, written in 2016 by Julia Z. In the early 20th century, Carter G. Woodson noticed the underrepresentation of blacks and black in American history books and conversation. In 1915, Carter and Jesse E. Moreland founded what is known as the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. Woodson is quoted as saying, if a race has no history, it has no worthwhile tradition. It becomes a negligible factor in the thought of the world, and it stands in danger of being exterminated. In 1926, the ASALH launched a Negro History Week, designated by Woodson to be in the month of February, which is the month of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And both of those gentlemen were instrumental in the progression of Negroes' freedom. <laughs> so it's just a coincidence that it's the shortest month of the year. I always thought it was planned <laughs> that way because people talk shit about it. But here to find out, it was actually because it was his birthday. Yes. Fast forward several decades. And in 1976, President Ford declared Black History Month a national observance. Wow. So, I mean, it is important. We're not here to discredit its importance And I did want to mention in the 80s, it was still Black History Month, or when they taught black history, they still only spoke about one black person at that point in time. Their teachings of black history, only one black person was ever spoke of. Who? I forget. I read it in an article. Martin Luther King? (laughs) It might have been. I just remember that was part of the whole get to Black History Month. When did Black History Month start? 
Was it just 70? Was it in 76? Well, that's when President Ford declared it a national observance. Now, I, being as old as or as seasoned as I am, I don't re- recall an education without Black History Month. Do you remember, Laura? What, do you th- what are your thoughts? I remember Black I'm... History Month as an adult-ish, like maybe high school. I remember Martin Luther King education. That's as a child, but that's it. Yeah. Right. I don't remember much about Black History Month in school. And I think we also mentioned this before in our conversations, all of us, um, about when they got the taught the Holocaust. Like, I don't even think that's that's not taught in elementary. And I think it's only taught through the diary of Anne Frank. So, Laura, tell us your experience uh, with your educational curriculum for your kindergarten and second grader. Yeah, so um, let me just give you a little preface here. Uh, 2020, COVID hit, and um, it's it's terrible in the area that I live. And my ex-husband and I, who co-parent all of our children, we just decided that we were going to do virtual school um, at the end of last year and the beginning of this school year. And that's, you know, what brought me here. I can say that I thought I had an idea of what my children were learning in school. But until you're their teacher, you don't really know. <laughs> so, um, we, you know, we start off the year. And um, even before Black History Month, my second grader had an assignment about um, Sojourner Truth. And it was like, I was very taken back on the 45-second video she was told to watch. And then the fact she was asked to regurgitate. Um, right. I felt like the story was told like, uh, oh, it's a journey of truth, like a slave. She left her family to be free. And then she won a court case, gave a speech, and she was free. The end. Everyone's happy. Right. Uh, Almost like there's no context knows. behind anything. Yeah, it's like, and my daughter's looking at me like, wow, look at slave. And I'm like, <laughs> completely unprepared for this. Right. Um, did not even. I just did not even see it coming. Um, so that was one one thing that I was like taken back. And then Black History Month hits, and it is the same exact story. Only we tell that story with Martin Luther King and um, Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks. Like she sat on a bus. She refused to give up her seat. Um, she you know, sat there, there was a boycott, and now everybody's free and we can all sit wherever we want. Like, it's just very watered down and fairy tale-ish. Right. And just like, you know, like, no, nobody was like politely asked Rosa to move her seat. You know her ass was drug off of us. Like, and you can't explain that to small children, I guess. I don't know, but I feel like you can't tell these fairy tale versions. You can't talk about segregation without talking about slavery. You can't talk about slavery just as a common word that we drop. It has to have some uh, feeling and emotion behind it, I guess. Some context, right. Yeah, so like, I'm sitting here like, am I the only mom that's like, what in the fuck are you teaching my child right now? (laughs) (laughs) Right, so is the problem that it starts at too young of an age or um, 
Or is it, well, it's a combination. Maybe too young, or is it too young? I'm not quite sure. That's where I get a little twisted. And I know that, Laura, you had mentioned, like, how do you tell your daughter's little, you know, their little innocent selves, how do you tell them about, like, such um, brutality? Like, just... It's not even told through Christopher Columbus even. I mean, he's like, he discovered America. And no one says he came over and massacred a whole nation. So it's just like all of our history has been watered down. So when did they actually start teaching it from a real perspective? And when? And Yeah, I mean, how are you going to speak on something so intense without giving a background story? So then I wonder if this is... Um, a conversation that we're just like getting really real with our kids really young, which is what I had to do based on this, which was heartbreaking, but also, um, you know, essential for her to actually be educated. Um, but then, I mean, like we spoke about the Holocaust, they don't teach that until fourth grade, I believe now, because you can't talk about the Holocaust without talking about murder and killing and gas chambers and all of those things. Right. But somehow we can speak. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Finish. I was going to interrupt you. I have a bad habit of that. Like we can speak about slavery without, without blinking an eye. Like how is that a, a different well, we always talk about this, how it's there's so much empathy when it comes to the Holocaust, even today. But when you talk about slavery, it's something, oh, just get over it. It happened exactly. so long ago. We we talk about that a lot. And, you know, we've come to the conclusion. I think we all agree or we agree that it's because it happened in a totally different country. Exactly. So nobody in America can, has to feel responsible. Or the, no one can say your ancestors did it. But technically, yeah, the, uh, you could because your ancestors could have lived there and could have moved here and then had your <laughs> great auntie or however the timing goes. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I just think it, they don't feel as responsible. I don't know. There's some kind of responsibility, whether it's subconscious or just, like, that's how we are as humans. I'm not quite sure, but... I just think that's why. But yes, there's so much empathy around the Holocaust. But when it comes to slavery, it's just something that you, you're to get over. And, and they, they always say it happened everywhere. And yes, it did. But we're dealing with what's going on here in America. Exactly. So, I mean, that's what we're discussing. So, I mean, it's relevant. And, you know, empathy is needed, even though some people say that's not the best word to use. But I think it's the best. Well, in listening to our conversation, it takes me to um, racism and not seeing color. It's kind of like an erasure, mm-hmm. you know. So we water down slavery and we give it this Christmassy feel. And I use the term Christmasly, Christmassy very I, lightly, I but you know it. what I'm saying. I do. Uh, in comparison to the Holocaust. And then today we fast forward to white fragility and everyone's talking about it. But a lot of people don't want to talk about it because of what you said. It happened so long ago. Let's get over it. So, again, it places this cloud over the elephant in the room, which is racism. Right. You you can't do that. Nothing. You have to know what the problem is in order to solve it. And because black people and ally white people keep saying there's a problem there's a problem 
Right. If there wasn't a problem, we wouldn't be here talking about opting out of Black History Month. <laughs> well, what's insane to me is that people can actually take white fragility and say and and um, compare it to have anything to do with slavery. It has nothing to do with slavery. No, not at all. Racism does not always have anything to do with slavery. It's it actually probably gotten worse since slavery, if you ask me, it, because it's much more subliminal. It's much more. Is that the right? Insidious. Insidious. <laughs> but Laura, you can interject anytime, interrupt, tell us, tell us how you're feeling, like what you're thinking. Because, you know, when we had that conversation, I even thought about is is Black History Month taught in kindergarten? I mean, do black kids feel at a very young age divided? I don't really know because when my right. kids were young, I didn't, I don't remember the black history in kindergarten if they even had it, which they probably didn't because I did ask my son and he, he learned a little bit about Malcolm X in the Northern when he went to school in the North. In the South, he, he learned a little bit about Malcolm or MLK, but nothing, very little. So, I mean. Yeah, kind of, um, I feel like it's bizarre in the way that um, when you and I had initially had this conversation, you said, well, what do you, what do you think about opting out of Black History Month? Like, if you would have asked me that a week earlier, I would have been like, no, I wouldn't opt out of Black History Month. What kind of Karen do you think I am? Right. Like, what kind of, like, racist, terrible <laughs> yeah. person outside of Black History Month? Right. Um, but then, in that moment when we were having that conversation, I was like, no, you know what? It's American history. It's not black history. It's everybody's history. Exactly. So saying like, this is right. the only month that we speak about these influential, important black people. And there's only, let's be clear also, as far as in my experience with my children's education, there's only four. Right. Maybe five when we talk about Jackie Robinson, but... That's another one. Don't Everything's very distorted, even the time. I mean, well, they think yeah. they you the way you think about it and you're taught it, you think slavery, civil rights, segregation, done. Over with. Right. It's Over magically with. disappeared. Yep. But this all happened in this time so far, far away. But but really the timing in from slavery to segregation was like fucking centuries and it's never Mm -hmm. taught that way and it's for a reason and they want to keep us divided so I don't really know none of us I guess know the answer in like when it comes to how you fix it but Ro what was the thing that you were we were talking about you um the statistics the today show Oh, implicit and explicit bias. Yes, and how what they said it's a numbers game. Right, right. So, right. so when does that? When do those numbers start? Well, if we're talking about that article and implicit and explicit bias, really, it's all about psychology. Exactly. You know, and reprogramming because implicit bias means that it's out in the open right no it's explicit right. okay 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 so no. why can't why yeah. can't joe help you i knew this one okay. implicit's <laughs> inside explicit's well, obvious thank you yeah, thank yeah. you You're thank right. you and See? i should know that but again it's about programming and so even in that segment on the today show you know one of the women who was interviewed was a black woman and and her preference she preferred white 
over her own. And that was shocking to her. Right. You know, but it's about the learned behavior. It's about what's pushed in the media. It's about what we see and what's normalized. Exactly. So with that said, right there, let's stop right there. Black history being told, taught in kindergarten as a separate history. Is that the start of the planting the seeds of separation? Is that the start of saying, hey, you know, their history's taught this way and and, and on a different special month than, than regular history's taught this way? So is, is the divide started so young, even if it's meant to be, sp- like, meant to be do good, obvious? Right, because the intention. The, the intention, intention is great. Is to be recognized. Right. right. The intention is to be recognized, but it was done by a black man wanted this record, you know, wanted this to start. But essentially, since we now we know that it's by numbers and subconscious and seeds planted. So are we starting off saying that they're different? Black people are different. They get a different history. So it, so in kindergarten, white fragility, like white fragility, white supremacy, they say by the time they're three years old, you know, definitely. So if it's, if it can happen that young and you're still planting seeds of difference, which by teaching different history, is it actually the best thing to start at such a young age? Should it just not be taught? Shouldn't history just be taught altogether as like, is it supposed to? I don't know. I'm just saying that's where the conversation, you know, took me and Laura. And that's how we got to the point where she was like, yeah, maybe I would opt out. Right, Laura? Yeah, no, I feel like I feel like one of the things that um, I've noticed, like, from a psychological point of view, is that with you, um, when you give somebody something in really small doses over a long period of time, they become immune to it. Yes. Which is kind of what I felt with this education. It was like, we'll say slavery is bad, but we'll keep telling you about it. By the time you actually are old enough to realize the destruction and the, um, like the mass pain, you're numb. You're like, yeah, I've been hearing about this forever. Like, I get it. But you don't, you don't really get it. Well, it's not that you because don't get slavery. It's you don't right, get... You just don't get the emotion with it. Nobody, nobody's getting the reason behind why it happened and why they're still doing what they're doing. The whole white fragility thing. Like, even claiming that you have white fragility is a start because then you're realizing that the world, our government, our media school our education system has been teaching white whitewashing history yeah. so all those seeds planted they're doing exactly they what they want done they want us to divide it so they want they want to keep white people thinking white is right black people have a special black history you know so that's where everybody right now is fighting to overcome but you really got to get to the like when do we stop like how do you make people realize that Slavery was just a small part of like what's going on today as far as the implicit bias. It's taught. It's I mean, it was everywhere at one point. Now it's way more diverse, of course. But the powers that be, they're they're still they're still kind of managing the diversity in a way. I'm not I'm not laughing at you. I just knew you're about to go on a tangent. It's not a conspiracy. White fragility exists for a reason. What no, the, I mean, no, white people run the fucking real. world. 
I mean, they run the media. The richest people on, on this planet are white. So, yes, they control the world. They control what we see on TV, what we t- get taught in school. So, yeah, I mean, that's not a conspiracy. White fragility is not a conspiracy. Racism is not a conspiracy. No, no. I, I can see you to go from no. government conspiracy. Well, it I is know. a government conspiracy. It is. <laughs> I, know. I mean, who's to, it, it is a government. They, okay, Abraham Lincoln, some people say he was black, but they wouldn't want the world to know he's black. Obama so far is the first black president, but really is he? They, they made Beethoven white, but hey, guess what? He wasn't. He was black. So, yes, it is a conspiracy. But the people that say say these things are called conspiracy theorists and they look like they're crazy, but in actuality, they're not teaching real history, so you really got to dig for it. And then sometimes you don't know what's real or what's not. But our media shows us just what they show us in elementary school. Washed out, watered down truths. I agree. Well, the solution is a movement. Nothing changes un- you know, it, it, it'll take a grassroots movement to change the curriculum of, you know, our education system. And that starts with us as parents. If you don't, you know, want that taught separately, just to interject something, I did speak to one of my friends right. who has uh, twins in a sixth grade charter school in Stone Mountain, the DeKalb side of Stone Mountain, because there's my the, side of Stone yes, Mountain. There's the DeKalb side and there's the Gwinnett side. So the DeKalb, her children have gone to the same school since kindergarten. And she told me that they have learned during Black History Month, they run the gamut from plays to uh, she said in the third grade, they showed a video of a lynching and her son had to be taken out of class because he was distraught in seeing this. So they only do it during Black History Month, though. Yes. Oh, OK. I thought I was under the impression they did it. all. The no, time. no, no. This is during Black History Month. And so we're talking about this as if, you know, not everyone's getting the history, but little black children. They're getting the real, according to what my friend said. I don't live in, I live in a diverse community, but the demographic is definitely more white than black. And I spoke to my nephew, who's a kindergarten. I asked the teacher Mm -hmm. because I knew we were going to have this conversation. Hey, you haven't spoken about black history uh, during this month. And she said, we don't have a Black History Month listed in our kindergarten standards. And also you asked your son about black history. I asked my youngest daughter, who's 20, I asked her about her experience. And she said in the second grade, she was to choose a black person to do a project on. She chose <laughs> Michael Jordan. And moving forward in her education, you know, her <laughs> so I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> Moving forward, she said in high school, all they saw during Black History Month were posters of black people. That's it. So the curriculum is not regulated. It's different depending on where you live, obviously. Right. So so I guess Laura, you might it it she has a little bit of both. Because you would be happy if she did, you didn't have the curriculum in kindergarten there, but you would think by high school there'd be something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, my son, he never 
he said he never, well, like I said, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, but Malcolm X was not mentioned in the South. Malcolm X was mentioned in Pennsylvania. So, and that would have been junior high. So he did learn, but I swear to God, he hasn't mistaken because he, he read a book on Malcolm X. I want to say in eighth grade or ninth grade. And by that time we would have been in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. So, but that's not what he, he argues with me there, but I think I'm right. And I I think he's wrong, (laughs) but I don't know. So I mean, my mind's blown that it's being taught differently based on like areas in school. I I thought there was like a standard. There's no standard. This is it. Mm -mm. Yeah. So I'm like kind of sitting here like, man. Yeah. I I actually thought there was a standard too. No. Yeah. I thought it had to be some kind of way. Like based on what they're what they're supposed to be teaching, so I'm shocked and a little bit disappointed. I guess in my own um, school district, there I just um, right. So, I feel like there could be something better than Black History Month as it stands. Like we could have Black History all year, and then maybe we could have like a special celebration in February or or something, but also be a lot more transparent and a lot more cultured than we are. In in all aspects, I mean, really, to yeah. be honest. Let's just teach history what it is, because pussyfooting around your entire life isn't helping anybody. How do we teach history without it being, like, it's nasty. History's ugly and dirty yeah. and nasty. Yeah. When do we stop making heroes out of villains and villains out of heroes? I mean, because I feel like that's yeah. what they do. It starts at home. Yeah. You know, as parents of children, we have to be responsible for the seeds we plant. And so Mm -hmm. if you want your child to know the truth, then it has to come from you. Right. Because we're having this conversation. And even Laura said, you know, she's surprised to learn that, you know, across the board, the curriculum is not the same. So you teach your child the truth and just let it be what it is. Yeah, Like my kids were black. So, you know, I always considered marked them black. My mom used to say, they're mulatto. But um, they don't have a mulatto box. But I wouldn't mark it anyway because the world's going to look at my children as black because, I, I mean, they're going to sit back and say, well, they could be Dominican or they could be. No, they're black. They're brown. They're like, they're not. So I just basically let them know that white people are racist, that people's racist, the world's racist. We had incidents that actually proved that the world was racist. So it's different. From my perspective, because I really can't look back at their at the education and think about it, because I never really thought about Black history back then, but they never got taught it anyway. So right. So Laura, what is the demographic where you live? So I can't give you actual um, percentages, but I would say I live in a more. Um, there's a lot more Mexican Americans where I live. Okay. So it would be probably like Latino, white, black. I feel like I feel like we have a, a much better mix than where I grew up, at least. Okay. <laughs> to say that. Okay. Okay. Um. So there are there are um, you know there's there's a a good amount, and that almost bothers me. Um more that we have a good mix of culture in our area and we're still keeping it like this. Um, I guess it kind of like annoys me a little bit because I'm like, what about what about the kids that can't talk to their mom and dad about it? 
Like, what do they go on to think? They take these school assignments home and then they're reinforcing racist behavior at home. Like, uh, blah, blah, blah about black people. But what? it's good. I mean, you have a diverse area, so that's probably why it's in your curriculum. Whereas if you're in a, like a wider area and I, you know, Gwinnett's, I mean, it's really not like there's a, there's small parts of Gwinnett that's very, very white, but Gwinnett's fair. I mean, Lawrenceville, the population of Lawrenceville alone is, I mean, 90% black. Yeah, but Lawrenceville has a high pop. Have you ever looked at the demographics of Lawrenceville? I mean, it's predominantly black. So to think that. But the county in general, it's the county in general. And when you look at Gwinnett County versus DeKalb. It's diverse, though. Mexican, It is diverse. I mean, they got areas that's all Mexican, areas that's all Asian. But the majority. And this is where we get into majority minority. Because if the majority rules, then the majority makes up. Which the is rules. always going to be white people at exactly. the end of the day, except in DeKalb, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because Decatur, I can't imagine, is predominantly white. Right. And again, like I said, my friend, her children go to a charter school in what would be considered a pretty... So, so like, as a charter... What is a charter school? I, I mean, don't, you know... Is it like a private school? Kind of, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it can't possibly predominantly white. I would say is I would say the little local government of DeKalb or Decatur is probably black. Probably. So. I think I did. Didn't I look? No, there's it's like a mix. I think it's like three and four or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, the education system sucks. Yeah. I mean that's pretty that, much that's it in the nutshell. I mean we push education, educate, 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 and I. Love education. I mean, I grew up in the hood, but I made sure that my children were in the best schools, even if I had to use someone else's address. Because right. if I couldn't give you much material things, yep. many material, I could make sure that you had what was considered the best education for where we live. Fast forward, we're talking about my baby girl who's 20. She's a sophomore at Georgia State, and she feels like high school didn't prepare her for didn't. college. So what are we really doing? I don't know because daycare center. Because that's I didn't I, learn shit. Honestly, that's what I've thought, especially since 2020 when some parents were protesting about their needing their babies to go back to school. It's like because they they couldn't teach them like bitch. You can't sit at home for eight hours with your child and tell them to sit down and shut up and fucking read. But what, what? about the parents who still had to go to work though? Still, they still need daycare center. Listen, the pandemic was an extreme and extraordinary circumstance. And I just really feel like humans need to be a little bit more flexible. Here's where I'm going to get in a conspiracy. Here we go. Unleashed <laughs> by our government. Here we go. Unleashed by our government. It can be, it I'll can, still respect the virus, though. But OK, that, and that's it. You I have got my masks and my purse. <laughs> Damn it. But still, listen, sit your punk ass down. Yeah, beat the shit out on them. No, shit. I'm talking about <laughs> parents. <I'm> talking, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Unless you need to. Sometimes, I'm all for corporal sometimes punishment. Sometimes little Beckys and Karens need to slap the shit out and their face. Maybe they won't be acting crazy. At Tyrone's and Keisha's too. <laughs> shit. Shit, Bradford's got a couple beatings. Ask him about it. <laughs> 
Where are we going with this? Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, but you mentioned daycare, and that is exactly what I thought about school in 2020, is that it's glorified daycare. You know, it's really for parents. We send our children somewhere else so we can do what the hell we need to do to take care of our home. Mm -hmm. And so now that they're here with us, we're looking at these little people that we pushed out our puss (laughs) like, what the hell am I supposed to do with you? I feel that's exactly how I feel, 100%. I'm like, I legit did this because I thought at some point I was going to send you off to like <laughs> right. people that were more, they were going to be better at this than me. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be a, a little baby. I'm not a preschool teacher. That's not my jam. Like I want you to go, but then I found out they're not doing that good of a job. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. So you might as well just what? do it at home. But then you got to wonder, do the, are the teachers even allowed? Allowed to do what? That's, they're not that, uh, teachers. Teachers get a curriculum. If they go outside of that curriculum, they get in trouble. Like they are only allowed to teach what they're allowed to teach. They're not allowed to give certain books. Like they give the wrong book in school, they get in trouble. Like they are, they are well, yeah. monitored. Like pretty much like jail. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yep. where does where does it stop? Where does it start? We just never know. And that's not a conspiracy, y'all. That's the truth. (laughs) No, I often, I also wonder if my daughter had um, the black second grade teacher instead of one of the white second grade teachers, would her black history be better? Would it be more beneficial? Would it be explained better? Would it be a lesson and not just a video with a questionnaire afterwards? Guaranteed, they get everybody gets the same curriculum at that school. They might get the same curriculum, but, but the teacher gonna, might give off give off a little better energy. Yes, I was gonna say, you know, right. you, you get some yeah. Lowry's up in that thing. You get some seasoning <laughs> on Black History Month. Okay, get a sister or a brother teaching. Yes, yes. So you're gonna get it like you need it. <laughs> Hopefully, no raisins in the potato salad. <laughs> oh my god! I or walnuts I, in I, the chicken I, I salad. So are we wrapping, ladies? Laura, we would. I thank you for this because thank I mean, you guys for having me. Not many yes. people want to get on and discuss. You know. No, I love Laura. She's all about it. Yes. We're, we're screaming white I'm fragility all the time. <laughs> yeah, she's I'm taking stands. My privilege, all my white privilege, for something good. Like, um, can't be the only white mama out here. Like, oh lord. Right. This is not the way. This is not how we should be teaching our kids. Right. So maybe I am. I, I probably am in my suburb. <laughs> maybe. But again, it's it's it's. I a, don't care. Yeah, it's a grassroots movement. It starts at home. All it of does. it starts in the home. It you does. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of moms and dads out there that need to know Black history because you know you learn so much. I've learned so much since I've started since we started doing this podcast. Like, I've learned a lot about just racism, about everything, about our world in general. I mean, a lot of my conspiracy theories came from learning black history. So (laughs) I don't care what you say. Our government ain't shit. And that's my last words. What's your last words, bro? My. (laughs) I love you, Joe. I love you, too. You know. I'm Y'all laugh at me all the time. No, no, I don't no. care. I, I bring hey, joy to the world, and that's do. all I need you to do. know. We all are superior, honestly. I mean, honestly. I was telling my nine-year-old, here I go off off of. That's okay. But we were talking about how babies are made, and you know I keeps it 100. Right. 
I need you to record this. Oh, you can listen to the podcast. It's recorded right now. No, I told told him because my (laughs) Neve said to me, Jesus, Lord, it's going to be a porno. This is how it started. This is how it started. She said, do you know that a woman is born with all of the eggs that she'll ever have in life? And I said, yes, I knew that. I didn't. And then uh, we started talking about sperm and Braylon came oh, here in. Here he comes. <laughs> yes. And he's like, well, what's going on? And and then it, it morphed into how babies are made. So I'm telling him that the sperm travels to the egg that's in the woman and uh-huh. then fertilization begins and it's like a seed and that's how you grow. And I said, you know what? There are millions of sperm that travel up the vaginal wall to get to the egg. And I said, you're one in a million and everybody needs to know that you are one in a million. Your swimmer made it. Yep. So we are all superior, like honestly. And I think I'm going to leave it at that. Like if I agree. Yes. If the sperm chose you that egg then and you're here, you're fucking lucky. You won the lottery of yeah. life, honestly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a good last word, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ro. <laughs> <laughs> Ro, who am I? <laughs> You're Ro, sorry. Now, Laura, you get your last words. Wait, I'm just I'm just like seriously considering getting a t-shirt that says the sperm chose me. <laughs> 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 I feel really special today. Thank you for that. I know. Thank um, you. And I never knew that we were born with all the eggs we we're going to have. Yes, we are. Look at, me, look yeah. at that. Because Learned her thing, Neve's thing was, so when you were a baby, I was already inside of you. And I was like, yes, if you want to take it that's that deep. That's so crazy. Yes, but yeah. She, she's, yes. And that's how it all began. Huh. I'm telling you, my household, if we had record on the shit you would hear, <laughs> blow your fucking <laughs> oh mind. My. That was pretty amazing <laughs> conversation, though. That really was. All right, Laura. Oh. Last words from Laura. Uh, my last words from Laura are, um, it's a quote from George Santiano. Um, Santiano. Okay. Those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. There you go. That's good. That's a good one. I love it. I love it. And thank you for joining thank us today. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Of course. We're going to have you on more. Hopefully you're, you're, um, you're brave enough to to spend another hour with us. <laughs> of one of these days on one, another one of our crazy topics. Let, let me try to get through this second grade kindergarten shit. I might learn something. <laughs> I know. Once homeschooling's over, my gosh. Bye-bye COVID, oh. hopefully soon. Yes. Well, as always, um, like, share, and subscribe, and please follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Untold Racism and on Instagram at Untold Racism. And our Gmail is ronjoshow <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes, we love all the feedback, the good, the bad, the ugly. Rowan Joe Show, Untold Racism. Deuces. Later. Later.